spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 158th annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit, my name is Cody. I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Uh, not doing too bad. Um, nice weather out. Been chilling. I, uh, yeah, nothing too exciting. When you get to our age, life isn't quite as exciting as it is when you're a younger man or woman, right? No, definitely. You really do start to enjoy the weekends kind of at home with no one bothering you. That's kind of almost like your dream, pretty much, when you get to be in your late 30s, you know sitting what? at home watching Matlock. <laughs> what is going to be our version of Matlock then, Phil? I mean, we're pretty hip. Like, our grandparents, I think, because when they were younger, TV had just came out, so they kind of got like locked into the shows they really liked. But you and I and many out there our age were very fluid with our shows that we like to enjoy. Yeah, I do wonder what like younger people like in 20 years would make fun of our generation for watching. Basically like watching reruns of maybe I don't know, Seinfeld's a little bit too old probably. Maybe watching reruns of uh, you know, like streaming shows. I mean like Game of Thrones or something like that, yeah. rewatching that shit. Of course that shit crash and burn so bad. The I the shows I think I've wa- watched repeatedly the most are Probably Family Guy, South Park, and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I think those shows you can pretty much always watch. They could make fun of us for like rewatching The Office, maybe. That's yeah, possibly. maybe. I've never watched it in the first place, but maybe. That's a pretty decent show. I did actually want to bring up something. So we haven't, uh, we were actually both interviewed for her show a couple of years ago, but uh, our friend Leslie Fear, who does the podcast because I want to know. I was actually, I kind of, I, every once in a while, I'll pop one in before I go to sleep. And her guest was actually talking about people's souls, like, you know, um, kind of like on different levels, you know, who has a soul, maybe if they're more evolved than other souls, or if it maybe is their first time, you know, here on earth, you know, kind of like a trial run or a kindergarten class. She was actually talking about people who didn't have souls, though, which really interested me. And it's not that they're like evil and don't have souls. It's that they're almost kind of like bots, like background characters or people doing little, you know, kind of like walk-ins in movies. And it reminded me of when we had a conversation about the simulation theory and how it seems like there's all of these NPCs just walking around. And you kind of look at some of them, you're just like, do you even have like a life outside of like when I'm not looking at you? You know what I mean? And she was kind of talking about that situation, how there's these like background characters. Kind of reminded me of that. I thought you were going to say the people with no souls like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, but. Oh, well, I mean, that's a different not having a soul thing. That's just a, you know. They act like robots. Rotted out evil thing. They act like robots, though. No personality. True. Especially Zuckerberg. Ooh, yeah. I don't know. He might. I don't know. <clears throat> He's like a science project that went wrong or something. You know what there I mean? Is a dif- there is a difference between 
like acting like you don't have a soul and just being a complete fucking android. So I get that. Yeah. Okay. So the soul theory that she's talking about, um, it's, I guess, kind of similar to Buddhism, right? Where you'll keep reliving life until you achieve your whatever achieves X, Y, and Z, and you can get to Nirvana. That well, I, the, yeah, kind of like that. The thing that she was talking about is basically when a soul comes down to earth and and inhabits a body or inhabits like a rock or a tree or a whatever it'll basically it's almost like they have like a life plan for their soul kind of like a a syllabus in when that you got when you're taking a class in school kind of like all the things that you're going to learn all the things you're going to experience and you even like kind of pick the souls that will like become the casting characters around you so you can also have like just kind of extras running around. It's kind of a almost a a one person like centric kind of idea about this. Almost like they're the god in this universe kind of deal. But it was kind of interesting to hear like the way that this woman was talking about it, her guest. It was the one from a, a couple of days ago. So if you want to okay. check well, that out. Okay. Well, uh check that out. I do think that's kind of why if we if you stop and think about it critically why if people watch, say, the Truman Show, or even the fact that the Truman Show exists, is that that thought has probably crossed almost every single person's mind on the planet, right? Oh, yeah, especially, like, social media, you know, everyone trying to become at least a little bit famous or famous in their own like, spheres, whatnot. I think a lot of people now, like, compared to even, like, 20 years ago, are really, you know, really just into themselves, so... Yeah. Or, well, what I meant, <laughs> not necessarily that, but just like the feeling of are people or things uh, coincidentally standing in my way that seemed a little bit too, I don't know, too coincidental, like on the Truman Show, right? Oh, yeah, I get you. Like, like there happens like, to be the, a forest fire when he's trying to leave town. Yeah, like, I don't know, sometimes like strings of th a string of bad luck or something happens to you and you're like, how is this even possible that this happened to me, things like that. I don't know. It's an interesting thing. Um, so what level is your soul at, do you think? I don't know. I think I have one of those, like, old lazy souls that's okay. just kind of, you know, going just through chilling. the motions. Okay. Yeah, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I can't say I disagree. I guess I hope you uh, get to whatever point you're supposed to relatively soon here. But uh, that was an interesting yeah. interesting you know, uh, philosophical conversation, I think. Um, but yeah, like you said, if you want to listen to it, uh, Leslie fear, because I want to know she interviews all sorts of people, like just random assortment. Yeah. I mean, she, li she went to this person talking about souls to interviewing Phil and myself. So yeah, it's quite a, quite a separation between us. Definitely. Yeah. She, I, it's amazing. Cause you, you kind of like go through her podcast and you just wonder like, where does she meet all of these people? I guess a lot of them now just get in touch with her though. Yeah. So. Internet's a wild and wacky place, Phil. Definitely. All right. Well, are you um, ready to get into this week's episode? Yeah, let's hit it. All right. This week, we are going to be returning to the world of lycanthropy, or as it is more often referred to in modern times, werewolves. Now, our last werewolf episode, we covered a gentleman, a Spanish gentleman by the name of Manuel Blanco Rosamata. Now, this guy and what we're going to be talking about today 
his little killing spree here was in, you know, mid 1800s. We're going to be going way back in way several hundred years uh, before this guy. But the scenarios are going to be kind of the same where potentially these guys, these two guys we're going to be talking about. Some people say they're werewolves. Some believe they were werewolves. Or were they just a serial killer? Or are these false confessions? I think that's what we're going to try to get to the bottom uh, of today. And I'm going to throw this out there. I usually not like this. This is going to be probably our most um, graphic and disgusting episode. Um, I, I'll warn you when it's coming up. Because even when I was reading this shit, and I was talking to my coworkers about it, these guys, and I'm like, this is some nasty shit that these guys do or allegedly do. Yeah. So definitely if you're listening to this through a speaker at work and around people who maybe are a little bit more sensitive, turn it up at certain points just (laughs) to freak them out. And then they won't talk to you anymore. And that's the best. I would honestly, if you're at work, like accidentally put HR on speakerphone and have this blaring (laughs) on there. um, That's what I would recommend doing. It's the fastest way to a promotion. Definitely. Yeah, you'll be running the company before long. You'll get your own office. Definitely. <laughs> no one wants to listen to that anymore. Get him out of the cubicle farm. They might, see, HR might actually think that you know the secret life of the CEO and that we're just exposing it and you're like blackmailing him. So then you might get a big bonus to keep your mouth shut. That's my True. theory. Just, just hold the speaker outside of the, the big guy's office. <laughs> all right. Now, all throughout the 15th, 16th and 17th centuries in Germany and some of the other countries in Europe, uh, there was a genuine fear of werewolves. But now I want everybody, I'm not going to go super deep into this because Phil, you covered the witch trials. I don't know how long ago. Um, they had the same thing kind of for men. It was werewolf okay. trials. So, okay. So basically take what Phil said <laughs> about witch trials, put a man on there and call him a werewolf. Same thing, okay? Uh, And just so you guys know, you might want to grab your jaw here, but the fear of werewolves was started by the Pope and the Catholic Church. I know that's a real shock to everybody, but apparently this was started because of not only the fear, fear of werewolves, but also the Catholic Church kind of made it up to battle against the older pagan religions that were still existing in the area. Uh, Some of the pagan religions obviously had wolf ideology, uh, might have worshipped it a little bit. I know some of them had like a wolf god of some kind. So maybe it was easy to say, actually, that's evil. Those are werewolf people, things like that. Well, you know, there's actually, there's a lot to unpack there. Right. So, uh, First of all, Germany wasn't a country up until the the mid 1800s, but it was kind of like the the Holy Roman Empire. You are right. Was in that area, but um, yeah, definitely like the Pope and the Catholic Church. I can see them going after, especially if they're not paying their tithes, or they won't let <laughs> the Pope fuck them. So you know, famously, like the the Borgia. You know, if you didn't fuck the Borgia, you know, be better fucking run because you're in trouble. Yeah. You know, you're in trouble. But yeah, um, I mean, the pagan religions really were like going, you know, it, it was pretty much being taken over completely by Christians, um, pretty much by the like 
what, 16, 1700s. I mean, really, the, who is it, the Vikings, they had pretty much completely Christianized, um, you know, there was Christianity all throughout Europe. Uh, obviously, Christianity, the, the Eastern Orthodox was really big in Russia. So, yeah, the pagan religions were really, like, really down. Um, kind of what they would think of as, like, the pagan evils was probably, like, the witchcraft. Or what they kind of, you know, they pushed forward as, like, witches everywhere. Kind of like... um during the 1980s, the satanic panic, oh, making yeah. it a much bigger deal than it actually was. But then, you know, a lot of those witches, I don't know if the men in this case were the same situation. A lot of those women who were like called witches were really just older, vulnerable women who, you know, really couldn't defend themselves. I, I wonder if the men were in that same situation, uh, maybe older men or maybe kind of like, you know, outliers of society situations. Well, you get one of them definitely is um okay the thing the, the thing uh, what i'm guessing about these werewolf trials like i said i think initially to battle against pagan religions they said uh accuse them of being werewolves and all that shit but i think then it just kind of became a widespread panic similar to like witches where people just became naturally afraid of people being werewolves without actually they're not pagans or anything. It was just like a, there might be something happening in their town and they just assume it's the work of a werewolf because they have no other possible explanation. It's either werewolves or the Jews. Yeah. Which one do we want to blame this time? We already, we already blame the Jews for everything that happened in the last hundred years. So it's might the, as, it might as well be the, the weird dudes it's, that we blame this time. It's the Catholic way, Phil. Definitely. Yeah. So, There's a weird guy in the bar who plays the liar for, you know, pennies. So let's go after him. He's the one fucking all the women. So <laughs> I bet, honestly, boom, I bet it's that one. I bet there's some Don Juan character going from town to town, just fucking putting notches in bedposts. And he's the one who gets, you know, strung up for being a werewolf. <laughs> well, I can tell you the two guys we're going to talk about definitely aren't what I would consider Don Juan's, but. You know, okay. maybe if you were drunk enough, they could be. Okay. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he do he doesn't have the fucking diarrhea disease that kills him. So let's fuck that <laughs> Dysentery. guy. Dysentery. Dysentery, um, yeah. Just, <laughs> just deathly fucking volcanic diarrhea that just, uh, yeah. He doesn't have it, so I'm going to try to marry that dude. <laughs> okay, so kind of what I want to get to here is we got two guys, okay? Okay. Um, they're going to be accused of being werewolves. Kind of the whole point of the episode. What we, yep. at the end, I want to figure out is, were they actually werewolves? Are they just serial killers? Or uh, were they just severely tortured into admitting that they were a werewolf serial killer? That's what we want to try to figure out with these stories here. Because yep. um, the story here. The, the confessions are are out of these guys' mouths after enduring severe torture. So, you know, if anybody's watched, like, um, the confession tapes on Netflix, it, uh, you know, people can make shit up when they're uncomfortable. And if you're yeah. getting your legs broken and shit, um, you might say some wild stuff. Well, the idea of taking a confession, like, back in these times without torture, they didn't actually think that a, a confession was valid unless there was a little bit of torture. Uh, yeah. They, uh, 
you could be, yeah, like you say, you could be fucking innocent and they'll torture you and then you'll tell them you're fucking Mary Poppins. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Whatever, whatever they want to hear. You'll, you'll tell them anything. You'll sign anything after, you know, living in some dungeon, having your toenails ripped out and, <laughs> you know, rats fucking basically biting at your feet all, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to fucking tell them anything. So. You know what's weird, though? Um, see, that used to be torture. And now I think Elon Musk probably pays a lot of money to have people do that to him for sexual purposes. So oh, I wouldn't doubt it. No. <laughs> allegedly, of course. Allegedly, yes, allegedly. Now, the first individual we will be talking about is a gentleman by the name of, I don't know if this is Gilles or Gilles. He's French. Giles, maybe? Giles? We can call him Giles. Fuck, it doesn't matter. Giles Garnier, I'm assuming Garnier, would be someone who would go on to be known as the Hermit of St. Bonnet and would later be called the Werewolf of Dole. Now, the only reason we even know about this particular man and his crimes was because of a document that was printed in the year 1574. Quite old. Uh, The entire event we are about to talk about today transpires in Dole, located in Franche-Comte province in France, which is located on the eastern side of France. Have you heard of either of these locations here? No, I haven't, but I assume that they love wine and, uh, you know, not washing themselves (laughs) thoroughly on a regular basis. Hairy armpits. Um, Yeah, very hairy armpits. Yeah. You didn't make the dull banana connection. I don't know. I'm assuming bananas cannot grow in France. Oh, no. Yeah. I imagine maybe Dole, maybe, uh, you know, maybe somebody from that region maybe created it or it's just a coincidence. Do you think it was um, this is where uh, Viagra superstar Bob Dole came from? Could be. (laughs) Yeah. His family might hail from France. That's why he needed to keep it up even through his old age. (laughs) Now, there is zero information about uh, when Giles was born, where he came from, if he had just lived in Dole his whole life. We have zero information regarding anything to that. Um, the only knowledge that we have basically about Giles is what pertains to this werewolf case. Um, yeah, it was a simpler time back then. Yeah. You can go off the grid a little bit easier Yeah, than now, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Literally, he could go to a new town, call himself Jim, and he's Jim forever now. Like, there's no no one coming after him. I mean, you go from Giles to Jim. uh, Yeah, it's quite a... When you have to be American, isn't Jim like an American name? I don't know. I I mean, maybe. James is obviously... There were uh, some kings of, like, Scotland and England that were named James. I don't know if they ever shortened it to Jim or ever thought about it, but... Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't (laughs) imagine... Yeah, we know a very famous one, don't we? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, the most we know about Giles before he was arrested was that in 1572, he had been recently married to a woman who's allegedly who allegedly was named a Pauline. Weird name. According yeah. <laughs> according to Giles, he and his new wife had moved into his isolated home, which garners him the title of hermit. According to Giles, he soon discovered 
that he was finding it much more difficult to feed for two people since he was so used to only getting food for himself, he hadn't anticipated how difficult it was going to be to feed his wife too. So he was really struggling when he was he, when he had to go out hunting and stuff like that. And because, you know, his wife wasn't getting fed, uh, tensions in the house started to rise, Phil. Damn, girl, you eat too much. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I we- didn't even, I, I killed a whole deer and we don't have enough for the two of us. <laughs> I killed this rabbit. It should have lasted us a week, God damn it. Yeah, uh, surprise. I, I imagine she had to cook the food and then he just took it all for him and didn't feed her any. <laughs> no, Probably knowing this, knowing this time period. It's weird because some sources say it was his wife or it was him, his wife, and they had a kid. And then some of them say it's just him and his wife. So I don't know. I don't know if he has kids or not. Um, But both of these two have very unique names. What I mean, wouldn't you say her name is Apolline? 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 Apolline, something like that. Yeah. A-P-O-L-L-I-N-E. So. Sounds like she works at Grape Clips and drives a Monte Carlo. Oh, definitely. She's got the Karen haircut. (laughs) She definitely wants to speak to your manager. Yeah. If you see that name and you are a Starbucks employee, take your (laughs) lunch break immediately. Yeah. You're going to fuck up that name and she's going to have something to say about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, within the same year of 1572, around the town of Dole, the townsfolk started noticing that the local children were going missing. Sorry, folks. Big girl likes to eat. (laughs) (laughs) She's got to eat something. (laughs) Meats meat, man. Uh, Now, eventually, the kids went missing, and then naturally they started discovering... The dead, bo- the dead bodies of the missing children. With all these kids being found dead, the locals assumed that there could only be one possible rational explanation. Fucking werewolf on the loose. Now, the local government would come to agree with the townsfolk's assertion, and the French Comet provincial authorities issued an edict that would not only allow the people to apprehend, but also kill this werewolf. And the authorities actually said, you should be doing this. Okay, they weren't like, hey, just let's see what's going on. They're like, no, find him and fucking kill this werewolf. This is how deep the goddamn werewolf fear was in this time period, Phil. Oh, especially for people in this age, highly superstitious. Yeah. Uh, It's very, I mean, you're talking about the goddamn Spanish Inquisition happening not long before that's, you know, it's just, uh, it's fucking insane. I mean, not long. It's like hundred years or so before it, but you're in the same time frame. You know, it's just imagine yeah. you. Okay. Let's just say something weird was happening outside your apartment, right? The cops yeah. show up and they tell you <laughs> there must be some sort of necromancer in one of these <laughs> apartments. I would suggest you and the other residents of your apartment complex get together and kill this necromancer. It's the only you know, explanation. 
you know what? And we're we're just gonna leave it up to you guys to figure out who the necromancer is. Yeah. So it's your guys's whoever you feel like is might be the necromancer. Maybe it's the person who constantly leaves their shit out at the pool and never, you know, never throws their fucking cigarette butts or their beer cans. Maybe he's the necromancer if you guys decide it. Or the guy <laughs> who fucking lets his dog shit all over the yards and doesn't clean it up. Maybe, maybe he likes to fuck the dead, you know? Who knows? That actually might be necromancer. That that might be an agent of chaos letting his dog shit where it's not supposed to. Oh, definitely. Yeah. The worst sort, really. <laughs> Them and people who don't put their fucking carts away at the grocery oh, store. God, oh, God, I hate that. I hate that. Honestly, capital punishment. I, I would endorse <laughs> it for that. Now, after this edict was enacted, in 1573, they would finally capture this elusive werewolf. The story goes that a group of workers were traveling from a neighboring town when all of a sudden they noticed something odd through the darkness that they believed was the shape of a werewolf. They went towards it for a closer look and soon discovered that it was in fact not a werewolf, but Giles the Hermit and right next to him was the body of a dead child. The workers quickly apprehended him and just immediately took him to the local magistrate. So I guess they didn't quite listen because they didn't kill him on the spot, but they did catch him. Well, you said that they were, oh, they were traveling from a neighboring town. Yeah. So they were from Dole traveling from a neighboring town. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that is, honestly, it's back then you would just assume if if you caught uh, a guy standing next to a dead kid out in the woods they would just immediately strangle him to death or yeah. drag him behind a horse or something. I don't know what kind of workers they were. I'm sure they had some sort of sharp we sharp weapon on them, but yeah, I don't know. See, they obviously weren't lumberjacks because we know about uh, from the true crime shit. Anytime there were lumberjacks around in a crime, the, the axe murders, basically. Yeah, they would deal with it themselves. Oh, well, no, I'm saying and like, you guys are in Bumblebutt were always talking about how many people were killed with axes oh, yeah, back in like yeah. the 1800s. So this is a weapon of choice for sure. Uh, um, everyone had one. So you know what? Actually, you bring up a good point. Maybe this leads to the fact that <laughs> what he's about to confess to didn't actually happen because you would think they would just deal with them themselves. Yeah. So, but we'll get to that when the trial finally started. Giles Garnier regaled a very weird tale to the jury. According to him, when he began to struggle to feed both he and his wife, he was out in the forest one night hunting when a specter descended upon him. This specter offered to help ease his struggles for food. He handed Giles a magical ointment that would allow him to transform into a wolf, thus making it easier to hunt. So must be Severus name, obviously. <laughs> I mean, uh, was this made by Neutrogena? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, the specter is supposed to be the devil, I guess. Uh, I don't know if they called the devil a specter back then or whatever, but yeah, a special ointment, though. I guess it'd be kind of cool if it was that easy to turn into a wolf. Yeah, it might be one of the like a 15th or a 16th century pyramid scheme where they were just, tr you know, trying to get more salespeople underneath them, gave them that special ointment. Of course, it did nothing, but. 
I just imagine like a Nature Gina commercial where the girl's putting it on a pimple and all of a sudden she turns into a wolf and goes on a killing rampage. Also, she just kind of like hangs out at school, sitting in like homeroom while while in werewolf form, still with the pimple on her face. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, this beginning of his confession, I swear to God, I've heard this shit like people saying... I got an ointment, I got a jacket, I got something from the devil that allowed me to do all this shit, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. The crossroads demon yes. selling their soul, getting, yeah, uh, something, yeah, it was an evil force that came upon me. It wasn't me, I'm not the evil one, it was a, an outside evil, definitely. Well, let's be honest here, Bob Dylan is evil, but... Um, <laughs> oh, uh, the crossroads? Yeah, yeah, he's definitely evil. Okay, so... This next part, um, first warning about graphic material, okay? This little section I'm about to talk about is um, red flag number one, okay? All right. Suck it up, people. Let's go. (laughs) After Giles' confession continued, he would go on to admit to killing four children between the ages of 9 to 12. The first time Giles took his wolf form, he would strangle a 10-year-old girl in a vineyard. He would drag her body to a windmill where he stripped her uh, body naked and then proceeded to eat the flesh from her thighs and arms. Additionally, he would cut off some of the meat, take it home to feed his wife. His next victim was another young girl. This time he attacked and killed her by biting and clawing at her. Once she was dead, he was intending on eating her, but this time was chased off by three men before he could complete his cannibalization of her body. About a week after that, he would strangle a boy in the same vineyard and would proceed to eat the meat from his belly and thighs. Eventually, Giles tore off the boy's leg to save her later. The final murder was that of another young boy, which he murdered and drug the body deep into the woods and was eating his body before those workers came and apprehended him. So these are his confessions of the murders. Pretty graphic detail, severe cannibalism. Um you think the oh, wife definitely. You think the wife would have been implicated here if she was eating some of the human meat here. Yeah, definitely. It's I mean, this is back in the 1500s. They had no idea about, you know, like serial killers or kind of like, you know, well, we don't even know how these people's brains work now. And we've been studying them, you know, for what, like 80 years now. Right. Or it's, I mean, think about back then. They would have thought he was a fucking demon, like doing yeah. this shit. Yeah. Like, you're not human at that point. I'm surprised they didn't stomp him to death with their boots, honestly. See, this is the thing. Like, it's hard. It's actually, I should say, it's impossible to tell if, like you said, with the witches, this guy was just a hermit living way outside of town. Um, could he have been just taken, tortured, and then admitted to all this? I don't know, because they were scared of him. You know what I'm saying? I There's no proof that he did the murders. There's no... Do you know what I'm saying? Well, he confessed... So the last, um, the last child that he kills, he confessed that he was uh, eating the child as the as the the workers came upon him the young boy 
Um, he said he dragged them deep into the woods and was eating him. And this was before the workers would apprehend him. Right. Did the workers actually catch him in the act at the site? That's what they said. Okay. So they're witnesses to the cannibalism. Is that? If we believe them. Yeah. I. If, okay. This is where the he said, she said, I don't know. It's this guy probably did kill people. Let's just be honest. People were killing each other during this time. It just never stopped. Um, but I don't know if it is true or if it was tortured out of him or you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's so strange because he I have no idea how this guy's brain works or, you know, what's going on. He basically admitted to the worst possible thing that you could do and, you know, confessed to all of it. Kind of he he was only on the hook really for the one murder. Yeah. But he kind of admitted to murdering. Maybe they just kept wanting more and more. So he had to embellish it in order to get them to maybe call, like tamper down on the the torture. Yeah. So maybe he just kept going and kept going. Um, I'm not sure that d- were these bodies actually confirmed uh, like missing children in the area? Did they? Accor- I, don't, I know it's it's a long time ago, Accor- but Accor- what, to- as the story goes, was like were, were there four children missing? According to the pamphlet, yes. Over, I think like a two two year period, a year and a half somewhere in there, uh, kids were going missing. Okay, gotcha. All right. So, I think they, if we believe them, they at least caught him with the dead body of the one kid. Some of the other ones might have never been found. They might have found one of them. He might have just started saying all this. We don't really know. We're taking him at his during his confessions while being tortured. Yeah, we're also taking we're also taking the um, the history of it. Kind of you. I mean, obviously, you know, depending on who wrote the history, this is a a person that they are going to make into the worst human being on Earth. So. Possibly the people writing the history maybe embellished it a little bit. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Kind of well could have. It's just kind of like we say, like when we talk about like historical figures and kind of like the legend gets pumped up a little bit, you know, to kind of to to sell more newspapers or stuff like that. Um, I wonder if at this time they kind of embellished, you know, maybe the confession. And then that's all that we ever see is like that pamphlet that yeah. came from this. Yeah. So that's the only maybe people who were listening to the trial or the confession maybe heard slightly different or a toned down version of this. And they kind of embellished on it. I just I know from like from history, they kind of try to teach you to take a lot of histories with a grain of salt yeah. because of perspective and yeah. motive. So absolutely. Well, here's the thing. What I was thinking, too. Let's just say, hypothetically, they found the bodies of the dead kids um, and they had chew marks or whatever on them. Uh, If you're dead, laying in the middle of nowhere in a forest or whatever, animals are going to start to eat you. There's no way around it. So that could be a thing, too. I don't know. I guess it doesn't really matter, but um, he could be a killer. I'm pretty sure he's not a werewolf, but uh, yeah, he's, he's either a serial killer or was... Admitted to some fucked up shit. Definitely, yeah. Okay, so uh, after the trial was over, uh, Giles Garnier, with all the confessions and everything, the jury would find him guilty of crimes of lycanthropy and witchcraft and was to be sentenced to death. No surprise there. 
on January 18th, 1574, surrounded by a crowd of over 50 onlookers, including children, Giles was burned at the stake. I guess that's the only way to make sure a werewolf won't come back. Um, Yeah, I don't know if this is like going to a, uh, you know, when we were kids, we'd go to a parade. They'd throw candy at us. These kids... They went and watched a man get burned alive. Quite, quite a different, quite a different experience, huh, Phil? Yeah, not a lot of entertainment <laughs> options back yeah. then. Also, it was part of kind of like your civic duty to to watch them. You know, to watch this criminal getting burned at the stake. Um, a little, you know, it's 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 kind of like a, a thing that brings a community together. Like you are almost. Like, that's the bad guy, and this is what we do to fucking bad guys around here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Also, too, you got to think back then, children were, uh, like, they had to grow up a lot, like, quicker than, like, kids, a lot of kids nowadays do. So, right now, we think of, like, somebody who's, like, 14, 15, 16, as in high school, you know, probably makes bad decisions, probably gets bailed out by their parents if they make bad decisions. Back then, you might have had a wife and a kid. By the time you were that age, you know, you probably had a job or you were working for your parents doing what they did and you were eventually going to take over someday, you know. Okay. Do you think if the kids at this execution had smartphones, they'd be taking selfies with the guy burning at the stake? Oh, most definitely. Okay. A lot yeah. of likes on those posts back then, I would guess. Yep. <laughs> okay. Now, <It's... laughs> go ahead. Oh, basically, you can imagine if that happened nowadays, people would be, you know, taking pictures of it and shit. They would be yeah. filming it. Yeah. Okay. So, Giles Garnier, um, he's kind of a quicker story, not super in-depth about him. Our next guy, a lot more detail, a lot more weird dude, okay? Okay. Our next gentleman, ironically, existed during the 16th century, just like Giles Garnier did but he was located in Germany. The man we will be talking about today was named Peter Stubb, which he apparently was also documented as. <laughs> Basically, Peter Stubb spelled differently every way. I don't know if he signed his name that way or if other people signed his name that way. Obviously, there was a lot of illiterate people back then. Uh, he also apparently had aliases listed such as Abel Griswold, a uh, Abel Griswold or Abel, and Ubel Griswold. So just just like I said, the guy changes his name to Jim, goes to the different town, and he's Jim now. Just like this dude, <laughs> he different might, names all over town, all over the, the different counties. I love how he yes he has an alias, but they're all different forms of saying Abel more or less. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, it's kind of a good idea because. You know, if you hear a name that's kind of like you, you're more likely to turn around and be like, oh, yeah, no, that's me in this town, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And then if they say if if you're using the alias Abel in this town and someone says Ubel, you turn around and they're like, oh, that's that motherfucker Ubel from the town over who <laughs> fucked my wife. No, 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 no. My name is Abel, not Uber. No, I keep this dick to myself. I'm a good Abel. All right. Now, this entire story about Peter Stubb will transpire in the town of Bedburg, which was a electric of Cologne, which is located in Germany. Heard of Cologne? I had to look up this word because I didn't quite understand it, but it would kind of be 
like a, I don't want to say a county. The description is something like a select area where everyone votes within this zone. Does that make sense? Yeah, kind of. So the Holy Roman Empire was basically split up among like all of these different like counties, kingdoms. You know, there were local leaders in charge of shit. Okay. Uh, basically, like princes marrying off their kids to, you know, the kings and queens in Europe and the princes and princesses. So, yeah, there was a lot of different like little powers in this uh, in this area. So I'm, does that mean Germany doesn't still use this? Um, to kind of designate areas. Oh, I would, I would doubt it. Okay. I would doubt. I mean, no, I, I don't think they, they do. So they have a, mo- they have a pretty modern system. So, uh, we looked it up here real quick. The, the Holy Roman Empire was the grouping of whatever, which was basically Germany. Cologne was the city and area still exists. Bedburg was within Cologne. Yada, yada, yada. So the it, it's interesting that Cologne has remained a town even though maybe the country's name changed, right? That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's, it's almost like it's pretty close to the border of uh, France. And there's, I think, the Netherlands is really close to it now. Belgium down a little <laughs> bit. So I'm guessing that basically the town of Cologne has probably gone back and forth over the centuries. Uh, ownership between like the Holy, Holy Roman Empire, France, and then eventually Germany, and you know all those little countries around there. Do too, you so. do you think this is where Brut Cologne was created that at in the 1500s, Phil? Possibly, okay. obviously not when it was owned by France, <laughs> but yes, I would imagine is they that, like their own personal personal uh, you know their own brand out there. Okay, so. is that the worst smelling cologne? Oh, oh, definitely. Yeah. The old, the old man, uh, the old man the, cologne out there. Have, yeah. Brute and Stinson. That one stinks kind of. Oh yeah. Stinson. Yep. The one, Ooh. uh, the one basically that is supposed to smell like leather. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh man. Now the area of Bedburg and moreover Cologne during this time was in a bit of what you might call an upheaval because the Protestants were fighting the Catholics. The area Peter Stube lived in had just recently been torn up from the Cologne War or the Sewer War. The name is apparently derived from a battle in which Catholic forces stormed a castle through its primitive sewer system. Additionally, the Black Plague was also killing a shitload of people. So... Why this is kind of important is, I think when there's, number one, if Peter Stube is to be a serial killer, all throughout history, uh, World War II, World War I, there's plenty of stories where, like, amongst the chaos, killers would kill because they could easily get away with it. So I think that's kind of what they're alluding to. If Peter Stube is indeed a serial killer. And the second thing is uh, superstition with a lot of death and stuff, that superstition is just ripe during those times, isn't it, Phil? Oh, definitely. And um, just to add a few things, you were talking serial killers or, you know, killers basically working during great times of, you know, like upheaval. There's a lot of stories, uh, 9-11, a lot of people went missing that they think may have been killed, like 
abducted or killed by serial killers yeah. during that time. Um, also, it was kind of a big thing during the 60s and 70s for a lot of these kind of like people who were using the road systems to use a lot of like aliases or fake fake names. So maybe that goes back even further than we think. I think we actually did. The guy from Spain used uh, different aliases too, I believe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, he did. Um, Yep. Also, too, I was going to say, if you have like any plagues going on during this, just kind of like people going missing, you might just assume that they you know, just died in someone's house yeah. somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they must have been sick and now they're just dead. Right. You know? I- um, what I was going to ask you, obviously you are kind of the history buff here. Um, these battles, the Protestants versus the Catholics during this time, had you ever heard of the Cologne War or I guess the Sewer War? No, I haven't. So there were a ton of these little battles that were going on. Um, Basically, just, you know, like you were talking about the Protestants versus the Catholics. Uh, They were really just fighting for, it was for their own nation that they were fighting for the supremacy, kind of under the, you know, the banner of their religion. But also, you know, it was also about their religion too, and kind of the supremacy of the way that they thought, you know, Jesus should be worshipped or whatnot, the, the ideology and all of that stuff. Right. So this time is rife, though, with... This is localized conflict. I just, when I heard that they went through the sewers to storm a castle, I'm just it's the like, best way in. I guess it's just kind of funny. It's I feel like it's some shit you see on like Game of Thrones or something. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. It's I mean it's the easiest way into a lot because you got to think about it. I mean the gates obviously guarded. They guard all the walls and everything. But who's looking at the shit pipes? You know, true. Nobody, nobody's watching the toilets. Paul so, Calhoun literally, is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shit pipe enthusiast. That's yeah. what I was thinking too. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it is a, it's a really good way to get in if you stand it. I mean, the thing back then too, is you were basically surrounded by shit. A lot of times, you know, like people used to just throw their waste right into the street, open sewers. So it's not like you weren't used to smelling it. Yeah, I was going to say, I've, once you get used to a smell, you quit smelling it. So that's probably what happened to them. Once it's just like your smell. Yeah, you quit getting bothered by it. <laughs> now, it appears that the story of Peter Stube's madness all begins in 1582. Around the town of Bedburg, Peter was a local farmer known before he gets caught for being a respectable and very wealthy widower and a father of two adolescent children. By all accounts, up to this point, Peter was just your completely normal uh, German citizen or whatever you want to call it this time, citizen of Bedburg. But something soon changed. Some speculate, pure speculation here, that maybe once Peter kind of laid eyes on all the gore going on around him, the war, people dying um, from whatever reason, it kind of unlocked that weird thing in his head, kind of flipped that switch where he's like, I really like this. For several years after 1582, the local farmers around Bedburg started to notice that their cattle were mysteriously dying, but not just dying from normal causes, They were actually mutilated and torn completely open as if some sort of wild animal was doing this to them. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, there is. So during the, the plague, uh, during like the 14th century, there was quite a turn in kind of like the style of art became more like death centric. You'd see a lot more skeletons and all of that. So I can see kind of, you know, during these times of like really bad, like upheaval and of just, you know, death all around that, you know, it does become the norm. And maybe, maybe he did kind of become desensitized and get, have this trigger him. But it is kind of weird to hear about like cattle mutilations and not automatically thinking it's aliens. <laughs> First time in history, honestly. Oh, yeah, definitely. If this was in the 1960s, everyone would just assume fucking aliens. So, but I, yeah. th- I think what the historians will say or whoever know talk about this guy, I think what they're alluding to is this guy saw extreme gore and he was like sexually aroused by it. Okay, kind of like uh, modern day serial killers. Yes, we're like, okay, killing is like a sexual release for them. They think or speculate, I should say, that some he saw something, did something, I don't know, and he realized he really liked it. So he starts out on animals and he's mutilating yeah. them. And then obviously the next step is um, people. And honestly, if this guy's confessions are true, he is probably close to the sickest fucker, one of the sickest ones I've ever heard of. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say with the, the killing of the the cattle, uh, like the modern day serial killers, a lot of them, I'm not the expert, like you talk about them a lot more, but isn't it like with small animals? Yeah. They'll torture yeah. uh, like cats, dogs, birds, that kind of, that sort of thing. It's it's an indicator that something might be wrong with the child. Yeah, definitely. Also, it's like, it's, it's that, it's bedwetting, it's a few yeah. other things. Apparently yeah. that's been disproven now, but I don't know, it seems like it happens to a lot of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It might be one of those things that's more normal. Like no one ever brings up that they were a bedwetter unless they become a serial killer. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Unless their parents want to embarrass them at dinner, I guess. But that's yeah. a whole nother thing. Now, after the mysterious cattle mutilations, young women and children began to suddenly go missing from around Bedburg. Oftentimes when their bodies were found... They were found horribly mutilated, which caused some of the locals to begin to panic. And again, there was only one possible culprit, and that was a werewolf killing to satiate its hunger. The local townsfolk would start to describe the were- this werewolf as, quote, greedy, strong and mighty, with the eyes great and large, which in the night sparkled like unto brands of fire, a mouth great and wide, with the most sharp and cruel teeth, a huge body and mighty paws. Now, whether they said this after laying eyes upon the werewolf or not, <laughs> I don't know. We don't know. But we're come to find out, and we're going to discuss this later, that Peter would actually cover himself in a wolf pelt. So it is possible they went and they looked at him, but he had this wolf pelt on. Um, but I don't know. That's kind of a cool description of a wolf. Yeah, it is. I mean, they're kind of, uh, using a little bit of their own fiction writing there, you know, trying to figure out what this thing might look like. Yeah. It's, I mean, if you were to, to describe a really nasty looking werewolf, that guy nailed it. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, at 2.15 in the morning, seen, you know, some people stumbling out of the bars that look <laughs> like this. But yeah, it's definitely, I mean, a wolf in wolf's clothing. Basically, this guy, you know, running around. I don't know. We don't know what he did yet, but you'll get to that in a second. Yes, but, I will. I mean, wearing wearing a wolf's clothing just to kind of make it people think that it is like a, a wild man or a wild a werewolf. So, I, you know, from a distance, you probably wouldn't know the difference, honestly. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just like basically, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Was uh, was Gacy the one that wore the clown outfit? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of trying to give himself a persona, uh, you know, maybe making it so that I don't know if he killed people wearing that might be a bad that might be a bad connection there. <laughs> but I don't know if he killed people while I, wearing the, that would be even more. I honestly. think I, I think we know what you're going for. I don't know if he did or not either. I can't. I'm sure he did because he probably lured kids with it. Yeah, yeah. Um. I, th- I believe we did talk about a person on a previous episode, killing people dressed like a ghost. So the Hammersmith ghost, they thought the he Hammersmith was a ghost. ghost. Yes, they thought. he. Oh, yes. He the guy was dressed as a ghost scaring people. That is right. Yep. All right. Now, um, again, we're putting I'm putting up the warning banner here. This is the uh, <laughs> skull and crossbones. This is a nasty section. So be ready here. Now, before this werewolf named Peter Stube would eventually be captured, he would kill 13 people in some of the most deranged methods I've ever heard of. We have some of the descriptions of the murders just to get an idea of how deranged this man actually might have been. Several of the women he killed were sexually assaulted before he literally ripped them apart. He murdered a pregnant woman and ripped the fetus out of her. And this is a quote from him. Ate their hearts panting hot and raw. And he liked to refer to their hearts as dainty morsels. Several small children were killed by strangling or bludgeoning them. He then would rip out their throats with his bare hands Some of them, he would disembowel them and then proceed to cannibalize them. Apparently, Peter also had an incestuous relationship with his sister and his daughter, which he would go on to have a child with his daughter. And apparently, Peter murdered his firstborn son and proceeded to consume his son's brains after he was dead. So... If this is true, this guy was a fucking werewolf. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I to- what the fuck? I told you, this is some of the sickest shit I've heard. And I've heard a lot of true crime. And th- if this is true, this is some sick shit. Well, it's, you know how basically these serial killers get to certain levels. And once they really figure out like what they like. And how to get these things done that they want to do. This guy has to be on like the max level of, you know, his basically just killing spree. His depravity. Like he, he is on level fucking 9,000, basically. See, I think with th- this shit. This is what I meant where people speculate, like he found the gore and mutilation, like aroused him. Uh, okay. Because the way he's killing these people is literally like mutilating and just 
completely savage, depraved shit. Yeah, he definitely knew what he liked. If this is all true, if he actually did commit these murders in the way that he or the confession claims that he did. I mean, he fucking he had a thing for hearts and just like ripping people open with his bare. Yeah, I don't know if it with his bare hands, but just it's yeah, it's just disgusting. It is. uh, I I listen to a lot of true crime. You guys started Bumblebutt and that this is some of the worst shit I've heard. (laughs) Yeah, but don't worry. um, There could be a possibility it's made up because once we see see uh, the type of shit he he did before he confessed. Um, you might be saying you did this shit too, honestly, but we'll get to okay. that. Just hold your horses here. Now, Peter Stube had been killing people for several years at this point, and he did have people hunting for him or the werewolf, but it would take him a while to have a breakthrough. And whether they had been using this tactic from the very beginning, I don't know. But when they started using hounds where the hounds, I guess should say, were the ones who would actually catch this fucking guy. The men, uh, apparently, who caught him had been hunting at this point for several days when they spotted, in, I'm assuming in the distance, what they believed to be the elusive werewolf. So they released the hounds on him, who would give chase after the werewolf and eventually take him down. Now, once the hounds had him surrounded, the hunters would finally catch up they revealed that this was not actually a werewolf, but it was in fact Peter Stube, who was actually wearing a wolf pelt over top of him, which I imagine was mm-hmm. quite a surprise. At the time, Peter claimed that he had received this, quote, magical pelt from the devil at 12 years old. He believed that when he wore it over top of himself, he would transform into a werewolf. So this is why he had the pelt on, allegedly. Uh, So it was kind of the type of thing, like reading through the tea leaves here, where the hunters approached it, approached him, he took the pelt off, and they couldn't believe it was Peter Stube because Peter Stube was a wealthy guy in town who everyone knew and respected. Yeah, your basic fucking con man killer kind of deal. And it's amazing that he didn't come up with a better story of why he was wearing a wolf pelt. Basically just saying like, oh, yeah, you like this? It cost me a lot of money. You know, <laughs> something like that situation. You think he might, instead of just admitting right off the bat, uh, this tra- turns me into a werewolf and then I kill people. You know, I'm I'm basically, his excuse was, no, 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 I'm the killer you're looking for. You know, uh, <laughs> he, makes uh, me a little bit wary of the hunter's account of this situation. Very true. Peter was like, yeah, I just picked this up from Goodwill. It was quite a find, wasn't it, boys? <laughs> yeah. But uh, The devil works at Goodwill. <laughs> a heavy set yeah. woman. <laughs> what if the, it was a cashier at Goodwill, literally named uh, Satan, and they just sold him the, <laughs> sold him the, the little pelt here? I don't know. See, this is where it starts to get a little tacky. I guess I can... Talk about uh, the conditions he was in when he made a confession here, and then we can talk about it. Um, after Obviously, after they cornered him, Peter Stoop was arrested. He was then put upon a torture rack and had to endure immense torture before he began to confess all of these heinous crimes. Literally what I just told you 
were done while he was on this torture rack. Um, and he, he basically confessed to the practice of sorcery, the pact he had made with the devil, the story about his magical wolf pelt. Uh, some people believe that because of this extreme torture, his confessions might not actually even have any legitimacy at all. Like we kind of talked about with uh, Giles, you know, when you're yes. enduring extreme torture, you might say some weird shit. Yeah, it might be the situation where you're trying to get them to become so angry at you that they just kill you. Yeah. Because you just can't take it anymore. You're basically just saying, like, I'm the worst, most evil person in the world. Here's why. Please just fucking cut my head off. Okay. Like, I can't take this anymore. I don't that was know. a lot of the witch trials and stuff, too. Yeah, exactly, right? And uh, yeah. in the witch trials, most of the time, they're just old women living in the fucking woods. But um, yeah. the torture act, correct me if I'm wrong, but this thing is designed to basically pull your arms and legs out of their sockets, right? Yes, made famous yeah. once again by uh, Lex Luthor in the 1990s, <laughs> basically pulling on the arms. And the yes. You know what is funny, actually? I haven't listened to Crime in Sports forever, and yes, last night I was uh, listening to the Lex Luger one. Very Great good. Episode. I didn't know he sort of is responsible for killing that lady. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you remember Macho Man Randy Savage? Yeah. Miss Elizabeth, his wife? Yeah. That was her that um, overdosed. Um, yeah. while they were together that was uh that's really sad yeah oh definitely but yeah um the getting back to the torture rack, i mean back then it was just i mean honestly it's almost like the greatest invention society were being put towards uh executions and you know torturing for confessions because a lot it's some of these like pretty ingenious like ways of torturing people came out of this like the medieval time period Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember on Bumblebutt podcast like a long time ago, one of the very first episodes, I covered Elizabeth Bathory. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, yes. There's a lot of people who think she might not have did any of this shit because all of these people were severely tortured and it might have been just the king taking over her land. So, uh, you know, but I guess it's uh maybe we'll do that one day, but it's kind of the same thing. She was in the 1500s or late 1400s. Same scenario. A uh, lot of torturing. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Just some of the uh, the Iron Maiden. Um, Ooh. They would they would quarter people with horses. Uh, there was the one where you basically forced down onto a spike like that was a pyramid that you know they would put it up your butt basically yeah. just it was you I, i've seen like documentaries on a lot of these and it's just the most ingenious like torture devices. fucking methods of torture you can imagine Ooh, well should we should i regale you the tale of what happened to peter after yes, uh, his torture here it it gets a little worse on october 28th 1589 Peter Stube was found guilty and was set to be executed, but not before he had to endure even more torture. They would strap Peter's body on a large wheel in a spread eagle position. They would use red hot pinchers to pull flesh from his bones in 10 different locations on his body. His arms and legs were all broken after they used a large axe on them. And eventually, after all that, 
they cut off his head. On October 31st, 1589, Peter Stube, along with his daughter and his mistress, who were convicted of aiding and abetting him, were all burned at the stake. Presumably, I assume Peter was already dead. His body was just there, but yeah. As a warning to the citizens to basically say, don't you dare make a pact with the devil, they would place the large wheel that Peter was put upon. They had a very high pole. At the top of it, there was an image of the wolf, and at the very peak of it was Peter Stube's severed head, and that was just sat right in the middle of Bedburg for everybody to see. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, You were talking about his family kind of being killed along with him. Um, It's it's almost like the torture. So I could see the the burning at the stake, obviously, if he really was a werewolf or, you know, a witch or made a pact with the devil, they don't want him coming back to life. So the idea was to burn them uh, just to make sure that the body, you know, didn't come back to life, um, cutting off the head first and then, you know, burning them. It's amazing that they also got the daughter and the mistress too, but they must have assumed that they were in league with him. Yeah. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they probably had no fucking idea what was going on. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, it also kind of seems like it's a retaliation. Like, we already killed this guy, but we're still angry. So who else can we get, you know? I think the thing with Peter Stube that always makes me a little question um, things a little bit is if he was a rich guy and yep. the Inquisitors wanted his money uh they just wiped out his whole family so i guess the money's theirs right oh yeah definitely um if (laughs) i mean that's we talked about kind of the the famous british inquisitor uh who was going after witches and basically he was doing it for profit so he always found a witch yeah of course he Uh, did this guy happened to you know grab the most you know, the most wealthy dude in town. And probably, I imagine, too, all of the poor people probably, like, while he was being tortured, raided his home and got all the nice shit. Oh, so, I'm sure. I'm sure they yeah. were fucking handing out corn dogs at his goddamn execution here. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, definitely. Or I guess it's Germany, probably what, Wiener Schnitzel, corn dogs, I don't know, whatever they had. Yeah, I actually had uh, some pretty good pizza schnitzel. When I Ooh, last time I was in Germany, uh, out good. near near Bitburg. So I mean, you can good. buy you can buy fucking schnitzel anywhere in that country, <laughs> but it's pretty good when it's out there. Good beer too, obviously. Okay, Phil, I want to know. Um, obviously, the, nobody knows the truth, but let's start with with Guile. Do you what do you think of the three options? Was he a werewolf? Was he a serial killer? Or is he confessed into admitting he was basically a werewolf serial killer? I would say because he was found with a dead body, supposedly, allegedly, according to the history and the confessions and all that, I would say he's probably a a legit serial killer. Yeah. Uh, because he was found with a body and he admitted to those other crimes, who knows how many he actually committed or, you know, I mean, he at least killed one person. We're pretty sure. Of. Yeah. Yeah. So. If he was found with the, a dead child's body, like while he was eating it, according to the 
the you know pamphlet that you read. Um, the second guy, I'm going to say, I mean, he is as close to a fucking werewolf of a human yeah. being as I've ever heard. Yeah. That is, I mean, not a not a, a paranormal in the paranormal, you know, fucking like woohoo, fucking werewolf sense, but he is a wild fucking animal. At least on the inside, if all of this stuff is true. Yeah, absolutely. But I will, I will say, since they really didn't have any evidence against him, all that they had was him wearing a wolf pelt. Yeah. I would say it's most likely that I, I think that he may have just been tortured so bad that eventually he just said, yeah, fuck it, kill me. Just came up with the worst shit he could just for them to kill him. So I would say with him... If he's not the most terrible fucking human being in history, then he probably was just, you know, forced into a false confession. Yeah. Just because of the lack of evidence. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is the thing. Obviously, this is uh, 440 years old or whatever. Um, Yeah. It's kind of hard to figure out what happened. So, I don't know. These are very gruesome stories, especially Peter Stoop. If this shit's real that he did, yeah. Like you said, he is one of the worst people I've ever heard of in my life. But again, we'll never know. Um, I'll probably do more of these in the future because there is a lot of these people who were deemed to be werewolves and killed because they allegedly committed all these murders. So we'll probably come back to this again. Uh, I... Go ahead. Just to oh, just to finish really quick, I just had this. So Peter Stube, kind of like the murders that he confessed to, a lot of them almost seems like he has kind of the supernatural powers. Like he claims that he he was ripping their throats out, not really using any weapon or like you know cutlery or anything. Like he was using his bare hands, um, kind of like he was like making this up. You know what I mean? Like it's almost getting into the supernatural of like his story. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like ripping the hearts out and eating them of yes. both of uh, the mom and a fetus. I don't, I don't uh, know. That'd be quite a feat, I guess. A heart is actually pretty hard to get out of like a human being. It's not, you know, like in the movies, they just reach in and pull it out. But it's kind of surrounded by a lot of stuff. You kind of got to know like what you're going in for or break some ribs, you know. So unless he had an axe, it's it's kind of and he's killing these people kind of out in the woods, you know, exposed. I don't know. He doesn't really talk about getting them back to like his lair. No, you know what I mean? No. Where he can kind of do the ritual stuff. So, so it's a I don't know. It's a little hard to believe. Right. OK. That in the documentary starring Jim Carrey, Dumb and Dumber, um, yes. he he tears that man's out. That man's heart out pretty easy. That's true. That is also uh, a movie, but <laughs> yeah, there's a, I mean, there's, there's a lot of movies where they just kind of make it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I imagine cause obviously your heart has to be one of the strongest muscles in your body, which probably means the valves coming off of it are very tough. So yeah, like you said, your heart's not just going to fall out, you know, ripping it out with the bare hands would be quite a feat. Yeah, and it would piss off your, you know, the people taking your confession if you called a young woman's heart a dainty morsel. They'd <laughs> yeah. probably make them throw up and stab you. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's very both of them are very interesting tales that we don't really know what the fuck happened. But uh, if people want to yeah. give us their opinion, Phil, where can they do that? Well, if you want to talk about how we may have ruined dinner, 
or maybe your relationship with coworkers after this episode, you can hit us up on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. You know, we love hearing from everybody. Uh, great ideas for episodes are coming from you guys. It's awesome. Uh, also, really, if you want to get a hold of us, probably the easiest way is on Instagram, a subliminal deception podcast on IG. Uh, we really love all the likes, all the shares, everything, the messages. Keep them coming. They're great. Cody and I also have our own Instagram accounts. Mine is SDPodPhil. Cody, you have one? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Cody's Above. Um, I don't use it terribly often, but I would try to get back to people if they message me. Uh, the last thing we need you guys to do is to log on to iTunes, leave a show a five-star review. doesn't really matter what you say, just five-star and submit. Thank you to everybody who's taking the time to do that for us. Uh, if you're a Spotify listener, it's even easier. You just hit the five-star. You cannot even physically type anything in there. And we greatly appreciate everyone who's taking the time to do that. Well, I hope you guys liked a little hybrid conspiracy true crime episode. I know there, are, it seems like we get a pretty good um, retention of people. So I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>